The second sequence, today you will be with me in paradise. O Saviour of the world, who by your cross and precious blood have redeemed us, save us and help us, we humbly beseech you, O Lord. A reading from the Gospel according to Luke. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified Jesus. Over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. And the people stood by, watching. Those who passed by derided him, shaking their heads and saying, Aha! You who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. In the same way the chief priests, along with the scribes, were also mocking him among themselves and saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross now, so that we may see and believe. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. History hasn't been kind. The church hasn't been kind to the two men who were crucified with Jesus. Criminals, we call them, or malefactors, depending which version of scripture you choose. And yet one of them reminds Jesus that all three of them are under the same condemnation. We saw how flimsy the evidence was against Jesus, how vague the charge. He too might have been categorised by the authorities as a rebel or a traitor. Our great-grandparents could have told stories of family members who'd been hanged or transported for what we nowadays call trivial offences. This is not the time for those two unfortunate men to be finding new enemies in us. And of the two we have a favourite, of course. One of them says all the right things, and the other, we're told, taunts Jesus. What are his words? Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. If we wanted to take issue with these words, we might think they reminded us of the devil tempting Jesus in the wilderness, taking him to the temple roof, urging him to jump off and be rescued by angels. Save yourself and us. I think, actually, those words have a kind of respect. They acknowledge that Jesus is the Christ. They recognise him as the Saviour. His mistake is that he doesn't know Jesus won't do that. He's chosen the path of obedience and he will stick to it. Save yourself and us. Was that such a bad prayer? Let's just think for a moment about being saved, about salvation.
I don't know whether people do it so much nowadays, but as a child I was terrified of people asking if I was saved. It was like being given the black spot. You knew however you answered it, it would end up badly. And yet for the gospel writers, salvation was good news. In fact, the best news there could be. To understand what salvation means, you need to look at Psalm 107. We'll be saying it together in a moment. It's on page 10 of the booklet if you have it. The psalm takes various groups of people who are in distress, and one by one they're rescued. In verse 2, it's people who've been sent into exile, and now they're being brought back from the four corners of the earth, coming back home where they belong. In verse 4, some people are lost in the wilderness. And in verse 7, they're rescued, saved, brought back into the city where they live. Prisoners in verse 10 are freed from jail in verse 14. People at death's door in verse 18. Sailors on a stormy sea in verse 25. One by one, these people are brought from a place of danger to a place of safety. That is what being saved is. When during his earthly ministry, when Jesus told people they'd been saved, he generally meant literally they'd been brought in from their state of uncleanness, brought in from outside the city walls or outside the community, brought back into the heart of their family. Paul was shipwrecked in the Mediterranean, St Paul, and he was saved by being cast up on the beach at Malta, saved like the men in the psalm, being moved to a place of safety. That is the essence of salvation. Here's the great irony of the cross. Save yourself and us, says the first man. Passers-by say, he saved others, himself he cannot save. Save yourself, come down from the cross. Perhaps the angels might have done this for him, but that wasn't the plan. Today you shall be with me in paradise, Jesus says. Paradise, God's garden of delight from which mankind had been banished. The dream of returning to paradise, the ultimate place of safety, has never left God's people. One day we might be allowed back. The resurrection happens in a garden where Mary Magdalene mistakes Jesus for the man who pricks out the cabbages and prunes the roses. John's vision of the New Jerusalem has the tree of life and the river that runs through it. It's the Garden of Eden brought into his own century with a population of city dwellers. But still, the old hope of beauty, rest and freedom from care. It was a hope that the Jews still cherished. The Garden of Eden is well hidden, said one Jewish writer. It's closed in on every side and guarded so that none can see it, not angels or the eye of a prophet or seer. Just as a nut is enclosed within a shell, so Eden is a world within. Eden is a world within. What a beautiful hope we can share. Alexander the Great, on his travels in Asia, found a river with waters so fragrant that he decided to trace its source. He followed the stream till he reached the gates of paradise. Open the gates, said the king to the angel guarding the entrance. This is the gate of the Lord, retorted the angel. Only the righteous shall enter into it. The irony of the cross, 
against the background of these hopes of finding again the garden from which we were first banished. The irony is that it is, it is because of the cross, it is on the cross, that a place of safety becomes accessible. It is from the cross that the second convict, convict will be taken straight to paradise. It's thanks to enduring the cross, not coming down and saving himself, that Christ won the victory over death and brought to the world, brought to the world with him to safety. But there's a cost, not a penalty to pay, not deeds we must do, not a heavy yoke to be carried, none of that, just faith and repentance. Lord, remember me, said the man. Trust, a request for grace, humility in the face of Jesus' love and goodness. Burn with love, or be purged with tears. Those are our options, says the mystic Richard Roller. Burn with love, or be purged with tears. Which of those is for you this Good Friday afternoon? Let us pray. <clears throat> o Lord, who died for us, besides whose infinite mercy we confess that any who are not burned with love must be purged with tears. Grant us such will for repentance as may be no reproach to us before your holy angels, and such love as shall carry us into their choirs, which praise you and the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God most glorious, for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord Jesus Christ, look upon me with those eyes with which you looked upon the robber on his cross that with him I may confess my sin and beseech you humbly, Lord, remember me when I come into your kingdom. And by that same voice be called to the place of safety, O Lord, for your endless mercy's sake. Amen. Verses from Psalm 107. O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is gracious, and his mercy endureth forever. Let them give thanks whom the Lord hath redeemed, and delivered from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They went astray in the wilderness out of the way, and found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. So they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them forth by the right way, that they might go to the city where they dwelt. Oh, that men would therefore praise the Lord for his goodness, and declare the wonders that he doeth for the children of men. For he satisfieth the empty soul, and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being fast bound in misery and iron. Because they rebelled against the words of the Lord, and lightly regarded the counsel of the Most Highest. He also brought down their heart through heaviness. They fell down, and there was none to help them. So when they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, he delivered them out of their distress. For he brought them out of darkness, and out of the shadow of death, and brake their bonds in sunder. 
O that men would therefore praise the Lord for his goodness, and declare the wonders that he doeth for the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass, and smitten the bars of iron in sunder. Foolish men are plagued for their offence, and because of their wickedness. Their soul abhorred all manner of meat, and they were even hard at death's door. So when they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, he delivered them out of their distress. He sent his word and healed them, and they were saved from their destruction. O that men would therefore praise the Lord for his goodness, and declare the wonders that he doeth for the children of men, that they would offer unto him the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and tell out his works with gladness. They that go down to the sea in ships, and occupy their business in great waters. These men see the works of the Lord, and his wonders in the deep. For at his word the stormy wind ariseth, which lifted up the waves thereof. They are carried up to the heaven and down again to the deep. Their soul melteth away because of the trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. So when they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, he delivereth them out of their distress. For he maketh the storm to cease so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they are at rest. And so he bringeth them unto the haven where they would be. O that men would therefore praise the Lord for his goodness, and declare the wonders that he doeth for the children of men, that they would also exalt him in the congregation of the people, and praise him in the seat of the elders. You might like to pause the recording and have a time of silence. Thanks to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 